This is The Guardian. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Twenty twenty three has been the year of indictments. I did everything right and they indicted me. But Donald Trump is not the only high profile figure connected to the American presidency who faces federal charges. Joe Biden's son has reached a plea deal now in a years long federal investigation. Hunter Biden has reached a tentative deal on two tax offenses and one firearm charge. As you'd imagine, Republicans and the right wing press were quick to react and cry foul. This deal stinks and it embodies three things. It embodies cronyism, camouflage and corruption. When it comes to commentary on the left, the lack of discussion of the Hunter Biden case has been noticeable. So are America's liberals usually so quick to pour over the legal woes of the former president wrong to pay so much less attention to the current president's son? And how could Hunter Biden affect the re-election prospects of his father? I'm Jonathan Friedland, columnist for The Guardian, and this is Politics Weekly America. Hunter Biden is a son of Joe Biden. He, he survived a tragic accident in which his mother and his sister were killed when he was a small child. He and his brother, Beau, survived, and now Bo has passed away. Margaret Sullivan is a columnist for The Guardian US and the host of the podcast American Crisis. And before all that was the public editor of The New York Times writing and observing on the media. He is also someone who has suffered from drug addiction with financial problems and has been the focus of a great deal of political commentary on the right uh, for many reasons. <laughs> which we'll, which we will discuss. I mean, we should remind ourselves there is a very sort of human drama at the centre of this. This is a president who's been multiply bereaved, who has this son who, I think, you know, for the reasons you've said, uh, has obviously brought much pain and his, his pain has brought pain to the family. There was this moment, we should, we should hear it, this uh, voice message that emerged of Joe Biden leaving a message for his son, Hunter. Can I get some help? I don't know what to do. I know you don't either, but I'm here no matter what you need. No matter what you need, I love you. I mean, listening to that, Margaret, it is... Well, what do you, tell us what you think. Well, it's, a, you know, 
Joe Biden is uh, certainly has his flaws as a person and as a public official, uh, but we do know that he loves his son and that he seems to love him unconditionally. President Biden has expressed many times that he knows that his son has had troubles and has struggled, but that he loves him deeply and stands by him. I, I, I have great confidence in my son. I love him, and uh, he's on a straight and narrow, and he has been for a couple of years now, and I'm just so proud of him. The first time some people encountered this name was during the impeachment, the first impeachment, we have to say, of Donald Trump, which was about Donald Trump putting pressure on Ukraine. And Republicans tried to sort of some tried to divert attention away from Trump and say, hold on a minute, there's something fishy here, which is when Joe Biden was vice president under Barack Obama, his son Hunter got a job with Burisma, a Ukrainian uh, energy company, for which he was paid $83,000 a month. And they said, what possible skill set was Hunter Biden offering Burisma that he would be paid that money? Surely he was only there because his last name was Biden. And perhaps he promised, you know, even implicitly, access to a man close to the center of power. That's right. And I think that it is correct that Hunter Biden has used the family name. I mean, I don't think it's it's right. I think it's correct to say that he has used the family name to get on a board like that and make money. And so the idea that of his being something of an influence peddler, I think, is a justifiable claim. And then I suppose perhaps the second time people heard the name Hunter Biden... Uh, was in the lead up to the 2020 election. And the phrase was part of his name was part of a three word phrase you heard all the time, which was <laughs> Hunter Biden's laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop. Tell us about that. Well, just before the 2020 election, a very important election in which Joe Biden was running against Donald Trump, the New York Post, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch, published a story about a laptop which had purportedly been dropped off at a Wilmington, Delaware computer repair shop. And through many twists and turns, it was revealed, if I guess it was said at least, that this laptop had belonged to Hunter Biden, that he had dropped it off for repair and never picked it up. And now we see that there's a lot of emails on it, many, many emails that seem to suggest some dastardly deeds. In the emails, they're discussing with then a meeting with the then Vice President Joe Biden and how Hunter could, quote, use his influence in those business dealings. It now, was well-timed just before the election, and it did create something of a stir, and it's a stir that has never really gone away because that, as you say, Hunter Biden's name pretty much now is Hunter Biden's laptop. Biden is his middle name. I mean, we'll get into some of the specifics later, but just in terms of how the press covered that at the time, would it be fair to say there was a kind of wariness uh, of it because it landed in the middle of that 2020 campaign and there was some nervousness in some newsrooms that this looked so convenient that maybe this was another, you know, 
disinformation operation by the Russians who, you know, one way or another knew, we, we knew they wanted to play a role in the 2016 campaign. And that therefore, in some ways, the media undercovered this discovery, insufficiently covered this discovery of the Hunter Biden laptop because they feared it was a, a kind of ploy, an operation by Moscow. I, I think that's a, a pretty fair characterization. I was working at that time at the Washington Post. The Washington Post's top editor at that time was Marty Barron, someone who goes after things hard, and but is also cautious and rigorous in the way reporting, in urging reporting to get done in that particular way. And I think it was appropriate. Did it result in not paying enough attention to this thing? Perhaps, because there is a story there, but it, I think, would have been much worse to jump on something without being able to verify it and really do the deep reporting that it deserved. Yeah. So the Hunter Biden investigation, it's not quite a name in the way Hunter Biden's laptop is now, his, as you say, his actual name. Uh, but what, 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 what was the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, and just explain to us how it's played out when it, was st when it started and who's been doing it. Well, uh, this is a federal investigation within the U.S. Justice Department, which has actually resulted quite recently in Hunter Biden's agreement to plead guilty to some charges having to do with his not filing taxes on time, and they are misdemeanors. According to court documents filed today, Hunter Biden will acknowledge his failure to pay taxes on income he received in 2017 and 2018 as part of the plea agreement. There's also a gun charge, which has to do with his purchasing a gun without disclosing that he had had a drug problem. But that is not apparently going to result in in any kind of um, direct punishment. This deal would likely end the federal investigation into Hunter Biden and spare him any possible prison time. But GOP leaders in Washington say they believe this is only the beginning. It's far, far less than what figures on the Republican side of the right wing people thought would be valid. And to, to, do any of these things, and it's, we'll go through them in a second, but do any of them relate to what was on the laptop or is that a separate thing? You know, I'm not absolutely sure. It's a confusing, it's a confusing question. I think that there are emails on the laptop which are said to be, uh, you know, make him look as if he was trading on his father's certainly image, if not direct help. But I would say just as Hunter Biden benefited from his father being prominent vice president, president. He has also, I think, suffered from that because the, the way he's being persecuted would never happen if he weren't the son of a very prominent person. So it has cut both ways. We should just say something about the investigator, because if you listen, as I actually did this week, to conservative talk shows and podcasts about this subject, they are not placated by the fact that the prosecutor or the investigator who looked at this for the Department of Justice in Delaware was actually appointed by Donald Trump. They say this man, David Weiss, they still somehow cast doubt on his fairness in this case. Yes, and I think that's unwarranted. He was appointed by Trump. 
He was very well regarded on both sides of the aisle as being impartial and non-political. There is a complication, which is that there's a, a whistleblower involved, a former IRS official. The whistleblower is accusing the DOJ of providing preferential treatment, which the department denies. Who has said that he thinks Weiss didn't have the power that he should have had. And Shapley told lawmakers that U.S. Attorney Weiss was blocked from bringing stronger charges. But U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said last week that Weiss was not. I'm saying he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. IRS being the uh, Internal Revenue Service, the tax collecting authority, of course. Uh, and then in, in this uh, odd twist this week, uh, Gal Luft, the co-director of a Maryland-based research group, who had claimed to have damaging information on Hunter Biden, has now himself been charged with arms trafficking, sanctions violations, and acting as an unregistered agent for China. We should say that Mr. Luft has denied any wrongdoing, claims he's being targeted because of what he told prosecutors about Hunter Biden. I mean, I'm just thinking, having listened, as I said, to some of the sort of chatter in the right-wing infosphere, this is absolutely going to lead to just feed the conspiracy theories, won't it? Right. Look, they're going after this guy. They're removing him because he actually would be such a great witness for our side. But I don't think that is the case. And, and more generally, um, what are you hearing? What are the sort of Fox News, if, as it were, talking points about Hunter Biden and about this investigation? I mean, you might have thought that, you know, the combination of him being charged, entering a plea, not going to jail, that, that you know, that might wrap it up. But in Fox News world, this what are they saying about Hunter Biden and, and on this whole business? You know, I think the right wing politicians and media don't really have a lot to talk about with Biden, uh, with President Biden, other than the fact that he's old and that he has a son who's been something of a ne'er-do-well. So they will never let this go. Every Democrat, every corporate media outlet is saying, it's all wrapped yep. up, it's That's done, right. it's right. Hunter's fault, he's the little scapegoat, now be done with it. Right. This is disgraceful, and it is not the rule of law in our country. There's always a lot of chatter on Fox. Uh, the latest wrinkle in this case, If there, even if there isn't much of one, it's in the conversation all the time, as is the idea that Joe Biden is senile and is, you know, barely functional. And that is not the case either. And they've got this line, Biden crime family. Um, what, you know, what, what, what are they basing? What, what, what's the sort of material they use to make that claim? I, I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I really do. I don't, I don't think there's anything there, but it, you know, it makes a good hashtag. Yeah, I think that they go on this idea that somehow the job for the Ukrainian natural gas company, that must have been something corrupt. Hunter Biden made a living selling access to daddy, access to really shady foreign characters, whether it was the Chinese communist or corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs. He made millions. And the struggle is but they've never been able to find any exchange or any decision by Joe Biden that seems to have been influenced by the fact that his son was receiving money from this big company. If anything, as I understand it, as vice president, he was actually quite tough uh, and gave a few decisions that would have hurt those uh, his son's employers. So I think it doesn't work. But I think that's where the uh, uh, case seems to go. There, There is a House, uh, House of Representatives committee or subcommittee on oversight, which has been looking into President Biden's 
uh, supposed financial corruption for several months. We're not trying to prove Hunter Biden is a bad actor. He is. If anybody wants to disagree with that, then there's nothing we have to talk about. Our investigation is about Joe Biden. And it has not turned up anything. So that is also an out an outgrowth of, of all of this that, you know, there's been an effort at different levels to try to find something that maybe Biden could be impeached for, whether it's his policies about immigration at the southern border near Mexico or something else. But they don't seem to get much of a purchase. And we should take a step back here and say, is this all about Republicans seeing that there's multiple criminal investigations into Donald Trump and wanting to create a kind of symmetry and that the Hunter Biden is their sort of tool for that? Merrick Garland, I believe, is the most political attorney general our country's ever seen. He entered DOJ wanting to and intending to indict Donald Trump. He needed to indict Hunter Biden as camouflage to say, look how fair and even I am. Just to be clear, the the, the indictments that have been lodged against Hunter Biden, how, how, in your view, do they compare with the charge sheet against Donald Trump? Well, first of all, Hunter Biden is not president of the United States and never has been and never has had a job in the White House. So let's let's set that straight. But even if you compared them in some sort of equal way, they are uh, they don't compare. President Trump was impeached twice, and you can say that that was political, but there was there was meat there. All of these different indictments, these different charges that are that are happening, whether in whether in Washington D.C. or in Georgia, where he insisted that the Secretary of State find some votes. Uh, because he needed them to take Georgia in the 2020 election. There are very serious kinds of investigations, indictments, and criminal prosecutions that involve Donald Trump. And I don't think that there is any symmetry between him and Hunter Biden, who again is not and never has been the president. I do wonder, though, because we know that Donald Trump doesn't scruple to go hard in on even people's vulnerabilities. I'm just imagining if it is a matchup again, a rematch of Biden and Trump on the debate stage in 2024, and Donald Trump brings up Hunter Biden, just from what you've seen, how does Joe Biden respond to that? You know, he he may not want to go there at all. He may simply say that this has nothing to do with my campaign or my presidency, and it's a family matter and a personal matter. Meanwhile, according to three people familiar with the discussions inside the White House, President Biden has made it clear to aides he doesn't want to hear any suggestions about limiting his son's visibility. In fact, we've actually noticed Hunter Biden's public appearances have increased in recent weeks. But the president's message to his team is described by one source as hands off my family. But uh, it's, you know, Trump is much more skilled at those kinds of moments than Joe Biden is. Joe is more halting. He does have a uh, long-term issue with a stutter that he has mostly overcome, but he's not as verbally nimble as Donald Trump is, who's you know masterful at that kind of thing. So it might well be a debate point that would benefit Trump. We should mention one other thing that has also been thrown at uh, Joe Biden arising from Hunter Biden, uh, and that is 
the fact that Joe Biden does not have a relationship with his four-year-old grandchild through his son, Hunter. And there's some people who've thought, you know, they can't keep their head, get their heads around the laptop and the tax thing and the gun thing and Burisma in Ukraine. But on a human level, again, just because we are talking about a family, that the notion of there being a grandchild that is somehow cut out from the president's affections, that that really does cut through and undermines his impression as a kind of grand, his image as a grandfatherly figure. Just fill us in on, on this part of the story. Yes, I agree that this is a sort of human problem for Joe Biden that has arisen because we now know, mostly because of a deeply reported New York Times story, that there is a four-year-old grandchild, the child of a woman that Biden had a very short relationship with. He acknowledges Hunter Biden acknowledges her. Hunter initially denied fathering the child, but a DNA test confirmed he is the biological father. Hunter has since agreed to pay child support, paying $750,000 to the mother so far. President Biden has not acknowledged this little girl as his grandchild. He says he has six grandchildren, and in fact, there are seven. And I think it's really unfortunate. It doesn't reflect well on him, and I would be surprised if he doesn't make some sort of adjustment soon to acknowledge her and to somehow welcome her into the Biden family. I think it would be a real mistake if he doesn't. And I, I'm sure there are things we don't know about what's happened with this whole situation, with the family situation. I mean, we don't know a lot, but we do know that it is a granddaughter and that she hasn't been acknowledged. And it seems wrong that he hasn't included her in the Biden family life. And um, Maureen Dowd on the New York Times, she went there, didn't she? She wrote a column, yes. its headline, It's Seven Grandkids, Mr. President. And that was, in a way, a, a slight break from what has been a pattern on the broadly you know, liberal-defined media, who haven't really got into all the things we've talked about, I mean, you hear a lot of them on the right, and you hear really much less um, about Hunter Biden on, you know, what the right would call the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Jordan Klepper, who's a comedian known for his work on The Daily Show and the way he vox pops Trump supporters, said uh, at the end of last year, the left is trying as hard as it can not to address what is potentially on this laptop, we're back to that, and some of the allegations. Do, do you agree with that? Do you think there is some kind of omerta that is blanketing the non-conservative media on this subject? I do not. I think that's nonsense. I, For one thing, I reject the idea that places like the New York Times and the Washington Post put a bias on or act out of bias uh, in their political coverage. I I don't believe that's the case. In fact, I often see a, an effort to take things down the middle that don't deserve to be taken down the middle. Um, in other words, to give more emphasis to the complaints on the right that don't begin to measure up to what Donald Trump has done over the course of his career and his life. So I I don't think that's true. I don't think there's an effort to shut things down. I've seen, I've read and seen a lot of stories about Hunter Biden and about the Biden family and about their relationship and all of this stuff. So I I don't think that's a fair complaint. And so if anything, it's not that the uh, liberal media is 
uh, undercovering it so much as the conservative talk media is overcovering it in your view yes and for i i take issue i'm sorry to say with your uh phrase the liberal media i would say the mainstream media which i don't regard as as liberal and i think that the right wing media fox news is practically the propaganda arm of the republican party so yes they overcover it to say the least And is the danger of that imbalance that it actually only goes to feed the conspiracy theories that are being pushed out on the right, that somehow, you know, they don't want you to know this stuff? In other words, is it one of these things that even if actually the mainstream media is getting it right, the very fact that there is the imbalance makes the the, the, the perception among Republican voters, Fox News viewers, uh, that somehow, that because they're hearing so much more about it, that somehow there is some plot or conspiracy to keep this hidden. Yes, I think that's what's been, they've been told over and over and over again, and it's very effective. And one of the things I worry about is that the so-called reality-based press, which is pretty much most everything except Fox and its clones, don't seem to be able to speak to or get through to the MAGA Republicans, the the heavy-duty cult members uh, who love Trump so much. They simply don't believe it, and you can throw as many facts and as much good reporting at them as you want, and it's rejected. And so we no longer have across the board, a common basis of reality or truth. And I worry about the effect on democracy when that's the case. Well, let's just go to, in a way, to that and the most immediate challenge, which is the next election. Uh, To what extent, if any, do you think all of these stories, take them together, the laptop, tax charges, even the unacknowledged grandchild, the Hunter Biden cluster of questions, what effect, what damage... Do they, could they uh, cause Joe Biden's bid to be re-elected president next year? I think what people, independents and Democrats are more concerned about is Biden's uh, age and whether he is right to run right now because at the end of a second term, he'll be well into his mid 80s. And I think that's more of a concern than these uh, then I think these are essentially seen as somewhat superfluous, sort of off the point. Uh, Margaret, as you know, because you've been with us before, we do like to ask our guests a what else question. Uh, this week, the the actual job Joe Biden does uh, was on display because he was there in Vilnius in Lithuania for a uh, summit of NATO. Lots of politics around that with Joe Biden not necessarily on the same page as some allies, including the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, exactly uh, about Ukraine's potential uh, membership of NATO. There was a fallout about uh, cluster munitions being sent uh, to uh, Kiev, which uh, Britain and other allies oppose that form of uh, weaponry. At one point, Joe Biden refers to uh, the uh, Ukrainian leader Volodymyr Zelensky as Vladimir. You know, of all of that, what impact is any of it being noticed domestically? Does or, or is Joe Biden at that point where, in a way, you know, what he actually does isn't really how he's going to be, you know, judged? It is instead on things like his age. I think that people are much more focused on their own. Generally, 
that people, voters, citizens are much more focused on their own pocketbook issues. They, in general, support American involvement in Ukraine. They think that Biden has done a pretty good job on that. And I don't think they get into the weeds too much. Perhaps more interesting is that inflation cooled significantly in the most recent report. And that's very good news for for Biden because he has done a pretty good job on the economy. And that is something that does affect people's lives. And so the talking point about out-of-control inflation was just removed. Margaret Sullivan, thank you once again for sharing your expertise with us on Politics Weekly America. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. And that is all from me for this week. For any users of the new social network Threads, which seems to be Facebook's answer to Twitter, or for anyone who wants to hear why two grown men, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, could actually end up in a physical cage fight, listen to Thursday's episode of our sister podcast, Today in Focus, where my colleague Dan Milmo uh, tries to explain this latest escalation of hostilities. Search for that wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, it's goodbye. The producer is Daniel Stevens, the executive producer, Maz Ebtahaj. I'm Jonathan Friedland. Thanks, as always, for listening. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.